Good morning, everyone. Okay, short message today. We've got lots to do, and I do mean that. I usually come with four pages. I've got two. And this is going to come out of, these are just, I'm going to call this my tree stand thoughts. Okay? <laughs> Bill laughed. I went, I, went, I went out in the tree stand the first, for the first hunt on Thursday. Yes, I have a license to all you weirdos that would ask me that. Um, I got a climbing stand, and I had forgotten, Bill, that you turn around to do the climbing. So can you imagine trying to climb a stand the other way? At the end, I was dripping sweat. I thought somebody was running toward me. It was the sound of my heartbeat. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. In the woods, you know how you can hear your heart? I hear... And I was like this. Oh, oh, I'm just out of shape. Oh, because I'm pulling on... And then all of a sudden, I was like, why are these foot things not right? And then I picture Bill, who came over last year and showed me how to do it in the stands. Like, oh, you face the tree when you do it. But my triceps are blown out. I got no strength left. And I'm not even up the tree yet. And I'm losing daylight. So by the time I get up there, and how many people know if you catch a sweat and then get cold? Oh, my, now I was freaking freezing in the tree. I was like, oh my gosh. So I wiped the sweat, which I probably think makes me stink to deer, right? Because if you stink to people, you probably stink to deer. And I just started to have these thoughts. I was like, okay, just enjoy it. It's the first hunt. You know, just enjoy it. And I started to chill. And how many people know after about 20 minutes in the woods, that's when the calm comes over you? You notice that? Because you're still in like city mode. City mode. You know what I mean. Right, Shaner? But then after about 20 minutes, oh, this is why I do this. Right? Exactly. Any other hunters? This is why I do this. And everything gets quiet. And that's when I can start talking to God. And yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why we hunt, ladies. We're not bloodthirsty savages. We just want to be alone sometimes. <laughs> hey, I hunt too. Yeah, well, Fine. Don't you do this to me. No, no, no. The society where you can't talk to just men. No, women too. <laughs> and she just shows it. I know she is. I know. We all, have, we all see your Facebook. <laughs> no, but listen, but listen. And maybe, maybe the quiet too. I was going to make a joke about the quiet, but then somebody got loud. So I mean, men and women? No, no. So anyway, so when I got in the quiet, here's the thing. I, um, I just started to think about some stuff. So I just have a few thoughts for us today. And we'll see what Holy Spirit wants to do. Um, first thought I had while I was just watching the squirrel run around. You ever notice how loud they are in the woods too, by the way? Sorry. Ta-doom, ta-doom, ta-doom. It's just this, yeah, right. But they're tiny little creatures. Yeah, but anyway, it's the wonder of the woods. See, it's cool. It's, anyway, so here's the first thought I had. The first thought I had was that I don't believe me from last week. Because I watched the messages back, and I listened just like I'd listen. Because, you know what I mean? If God's speaking, sometimes it's the first time. So I listened to this guy, handsome, handsome guy. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I listened to him last week say, <laughs> he said something along the lines of, um, is God's ability to keep you greater than your ability to lose you? I was okay, that makes sense. And then I, he said there'd be no fist bumping in heaven because you can't work your way there. Everybody's going to have the same story. How'd you get here? Jesus cut me the sweetest deal ever. He paid for everything I'd done wrong. And we're all going to say, me too. And we're going to cast whatever crowns we have right at his feet. And that's right out of the Bible. But sitting in the tree stand, I went, is that really true, though? Can, can, can anybody confess that no matter how long you follow Christ, sometimes you have doubts. Even the stuff you've said. So you can call me a hypocrite all you want. It's probably true. I said that with the mo most conviction. And then four days later, I went, but boy, do I really believe that, you know? And sometimes maybe you do that. Maybe you check yourself. Some people have a lot of knowledge here. You're a triune person, right? Mind, soul, and spirit. Some people have a lot of it here, but it doesn't get here. And so I said, 
is that really true? And so I had these thoughts. And I'll talk about salvation. Let's do Ephesians, please. I hate a lot of these routinely, but um, this is for our own good here. It's by grace that you're safe. And that happens through faith. This isn't about you. It's a gift of God. Has nothing to do with what you do so that you can't brag about it. Because we're God's workmanship. He created every person whether they believe it or not. And he created us through Christ, Christ Jesus to actually go and do stuff. You've got work that you need to do for the kingdom of God. But today's theme is this. It's by grace you've been saved. You're safe because of grace, and that comes through faith. Okay, I've said this before, and I thought it was awesome. This is a stool. Belief is this. I believe that's a stool. It's there, and I believe it'll hold my weight. Do you understand that? Faith is actually sitting on the stool. Do you see the difference? Right now, my office has already been put away. I believe, just because of what I know, I believe that my desk chairs are back there. I don't know for a fact, guys. Some memories, some logic, the same thing with faith, right? Right? You believe, even though I don't see it, I think they're there. Get it? And faith would be going in there and sitting on that chair. That's the difference, right? We're saved through faith, through belief, through, through choosing to bend our will and say, Jesus, you absolutely did what you said you did, and I can trust you. You get it? There's the difference when you talk about belief and faith, Okay? That's what I want to talk about. So is it greater than, is his, you know, is his grace greater than my faults and failures? That's the question. And I, I personally don't, you know, I don't know. I will say this, though. Let's look at, let's look at uh, the next slide, please. This is the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, if that's happened in me, there's going to be evidence. Bill and I look around for, uh, for buck sign. Because why would you sit somewhere where there's no deer? So what you do is you go and you find evidence of where the buck are or going to be, we hope, right? The best you can. The evidence of the fact that Christ Jesus has saved you through faith is that your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control start to grow. It is not that they are, they're grown perfectly, right? Because some of us, 85 years old, been walking with Jesus for 120 years, and we still haven't matured into him yet. But I want you to remember this through the rest of this message because there's a couple lies we're going to tear down today. Number one, we're saved by grace. You can know that because these will start to grow. Oh, I wrote this really well. Okay. Works don't, okay. We're saved by grace to do good works was the first one. Works don't mean that you're saved, but salvation will lead to works. You get it? And don't get that twisted because religion always does. Religion says, well, works mean you're saved. No, works comes out of being saved. Get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, first thing I doubt about or wonder in my darkest hour sitting in that tree stand is this next slide here. Number one, let's get rolling. Does he really, though? No, really. Listen, I'm going to be totally vulnerable with you today. Sitting there with the 30, 30, freezing. Does he really, though? No, 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 I don't mean him humankind. For God so loved the world. But like A.J. Daniels, the broken one, the flawed one, the one who just snapped on his kids, the one who, you know, could probably be writing his message, but instead he's hunting. You know what I'm saying? The one who this, this good, bad, and ugly. Does he really, though? Really? You know? And can I tell you something? Again, y'all can unsubscribe or whatever, but sometimes I have to check this. 
because sometimes I drift away from really believing this. And I don't think we're all immune to it. I think, I don't know, I think sometimes things get so big in our sight that we can't reconcile that with this, right? Because if that's really true, then why are my kids acting this way? If that's really true, then why do my job just do this, this, or this, right? Or if that's really true, then why do the people who follow you always beat me up, right? Can I really cast my, do you really care for me? And so I did what AJ does. If you've been with me for any amount of time, I, okay, I remembered back to the whole Bible. Because one thing I don't think God ever wants to do, he went through great lengths to write the entire Bible. And if ever you know anything about information science, you spread it out among channels so that the enemy or anybody else can't just pick one thing and understand the whole thing. You can't. That's why you can't be a one-verse theologian. You have to look at Noah's Ark, and you have to look at the book of Ephesians. It's all got to gel. And if it doesn't, go home, don't waste your time. But it does. And so here's what I did. I went, I went in my head and I said, does he really care for A.J. Daniels? Each person individually. And so I, I thought about how this, he originally created one-to-one. There were, there were two people, metaphorically. There was God in the triune nature, and there was Adam. One-to-one were we created. Then he added woman, but still one-to-one conversations. Eve, yes, God. Adam, yes, God. Original intention was that. Did he care for Eve? Well, yeah. Did he care for Adam? Well, yeah, let's say they hadn't sinned five billion people later. Can you see where he still would have been individual with each one? Crazy, right? So does God really care for me? Well, then we jacked the whole thing up. So let's keep going on the, uh, in, in the plan here. And we turned, we chose to, uh, we chose to not let it be one-to-one. Do you know there's a scene in the Bible where, just follow me on this, we'll get there. Do you know there's a scene in the Bible where Moses, so, so this is the thing. People turn away from God. We need to return. People turn away from God, and God says, all right, all right, all right. You guys don't want face-to-face anymore because of your decisions and things like this, and you really don't. If you watch it, they just stop wanting God. Have you ever noticed that in the Old Testament? You, you read it closely, it could break your heart. They keep choosing not, they keep choosing away from God. It's not God choosing away from them. Every single time, it's the kids going farther and farther and farther in the yard. You understand what I'm saying? And then they look back and go, oh, man, we've lost God. God didn't lose us. Well, so what does he do? They don't want one-to-one. So what does he do? He starts speaking one-to-one to to the people who will listen. And he calls them judges. Do you get it? I mean, I'm giving you chronology here. Then he gives them kings. And even with Moses, Moses comes down the mountain and they say this. He goes, go on up. Go see God. And they're like, whoa, easy, Tonto. No, no, no. You go talk to him. Tell us what he says. Is that not in the Bible? Have you guys read that? Yes. They chose not one-to-one. So if I look at the Old Testament, you see big, angry God on the mountain, right? And then you realize, who put him there? We did. Oh, that's good. I don't care who we are. That's good. We put him there. We put him up, away, apart. But does he really care for AJ? Well, so much so that, again, he gave them what they, they wanted, and then he gave them the glimpse of, hey, guys, I'm coming. I'm going to be with you, and Emmanuel will be my name. And literally a man born, they shall call him Emmanuel, God with him. And what does Jesus do? Now watch this, because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Does God really care about me and and Rachel and our kids? One-to-one, does he? What does he do? Jesus walks around, and there are passages where Bruce says he, he healed how many of their sicknesses? All. But then you see a scene where he meets, goes over to the woman sitting by the well. And she's there at the weird time of hour because she's got this reputation. And he goes to her. 
right? And the woman caught in the act of adultery, he doesn't even talk to them. He talks to her. Does he really care for individuals? I see him talking to individuals. Even in the Sermon on the Mount, he addresses each group and talks to everybody. He does not exclude a single person there. He talks to Romans at times and heals a Roman centurion. He talks to Greek, Syrophoenician. I mean, he talks to everybody, right? Does God really care for Brittany? She'll love me for that. Cast my cares because he actually cares for me. Can I tell you something? When you think about the law too, we all know that uh, everybody thinks of the law as thou shalt not, right? Especially when you put it that way, when you put it in the old kingdom. Yeah, thou shalt not, right? Isn't that much worse than you shouldn't? Well, let's, let's use our language, people. Why do you got to church it up? You shouldn't. And do you know what that is? We looked at that as regulations. Do you know what it really is? That was actually a call to intimacy with God. Here's how you should relate, Mary Beth, to other people in me. That's the law. You shouldn't steal from each other. That's not how you relate to people, and that's not how you relate to me. You should have no other gods before me because it ain't true. That's the law. Wasn't that a one-to-one? Here's how you relate to other people and you relate to me. The reason I bring that up is because I want to say this. Some people think that um, the laws showed uh, mean, mean God or indifference. I don't, I don't think so. Because you ready for this? This is tweet-worthy. The opposite of love is not hatred, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. The opposite of love is not hatred. The opposite of love is actually indifference. Because think about that. If you hate something, you're still tied to it. You are. If you hate so-and-so in, in, in that office, you know, in that political office, you think about the person. <laughs> there's, a, um, there's a line in a movie, there, in, 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 in a, in a um, sitcom, and I've not watched the sitcom, but then I see a bunch of other memes about it where someone goes, I feel bad for you. And he goes, I don't think about you at all. Ooh. God never showed us indifference, did he? Oh. Does God really care about AJ? He cared me enough to give, he cared about me enough. I mean, even if you don't want to get into my story individually, he cared about me enough to give me ways to relate to other people in him. And you call it the law and you think it's big, angry God, but it's not. It's loving God giving me parameters. Does God really care about me? What's the first thing? Okay, here you go. Quiz. What's the first miracle that Jesus um, performed? Go to the book of John. Water into wine. What? Brian, give me this next slide. What, why, what are we talking about? This is the first of the miraculous signs. That's truly what he did. He, and, and through he thus, come on. And this is how he revealed his glory. And his disciples put their faith in him. But John knows that water to wine, the first thing he did, does Jesus care about individuals, me, Chris, first of the miraculous, sign. What's a sign? A sign describes something. It tells you about it, right? Lobster house. Norwood FMC. Or a sign, bumpy road ahead, right? Deer crossing. It gives you information, doesn't it? So what did John just say? John just said that Jesus going to the VFW in Norfolk and refilling the wine to save these people's reputation and to serve them individually. This was not a life or death issue, guys. It described who he was. What? So I'm sitting in a tree stand. And chipmunks are crashing around me, mostly squirrels. And I'm wondering, does God really care about me? 
me. And then I realized the first thing Jesus did to describe himself is go to my wedding, and when my reputation was on the line and I was about to be embarrassed, he provided. So does Jesus care about the individual? He didn't fly up on a mountain and say, serve me. Really? He didn't call down lightning. He quietly served these people. Hey, fill up those jars with water. Boom. He didn't say, gather around, gather around, gather around. This is about me. The first thing Jesus did was serve, right? <laughs> right, guys? Does Jesus care? I mean, does he, does he care about me? The second thought he had is this. Does God, does God really care about me? It seems so. Does God really want what's best for me? That's another thought I had. So I'm sitting in the stand, and I had forgotten to do this, but normally I'll, before I go out, I'll, I'll bend a knee on the ground, and I'll just say, I'll ask the Lord to bless the hunt and keep me safe. I'm out there by myself. Stakes are kind of high. You know what I mean. People get hurt all the time, and, you know, everybody's kind of a dummy if they're in a hurry. And I go out there, and I'm like, oh, man. So I was like, Lord, uh, Father, would you mind sending me a deer? I would like to get a buck this year. That'd be awesome. I got one last year. Don't, don't worry about me. I got a six-point last year. Don't worry. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to make that sound like I got I did not. But um, I said, Lord, will you send me a deer? And then I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, if he sends me a deer today, that means I won't be out here hunting again. And I really need this time. Um, I like to be out here, and I really like the first snowfall. Lord, maybe you hold off on the deer a little bit. <laughs> right, they get me. And here's me saying, Joe, I know what's best. Do you really want what's best for me? And then I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know if I really know what's best for me, actually. And that's when my mind opened up to, oh, my, I might not know what's actually best for me. Do you want what's best for me, Father? You said cast your cares upon our cares upon you because you care. But let, can that really be true? So let me break this down. This is what I did in the tree stand. I said this. Um, do we have God as love next? I believe so. Those who have not love do not know God because God is love. Is that right? What's up next? Or not. Whatever. Take my word for it. It says in the Bible. It says, you have not love, you do not know God, for God is... There you go. Bottom line. Word is not love, does not know God, because God is love. Now listen to me. We are saved by grace through faith. But if someone before who had a t-shirt like this and some, some stuff around their neck constantly beat you up and didn't love you in the name of Jesus, send them to John to talk about whether or not they're actually in the kingdom of God. Bruce, can we do? I didn't say talk to me. I'm nobody's judge. John just says, if someone routinely does not love you and there is no fruit of love in their lives, you might want to check yourself before you wreck yourself or examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. You see how I did that? That was good. I like that. Pop culture and then the Bible. <laughs> it's true. So, so, so get over that. If somebody who called themselves a Christian, they got to work that out. But if they continuously didn't love you or show you love, John just said they're disqualified. I didn't. Okay, fine, fine, fine. All right. So there's a whole group of people who say, we've done a lot of stuff. We did supernatural stuff. We were really involved in church. Jesus, we did a ton of stuff for you. And in a haunting, harrowing part of the Bible, he says, get away from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. And now people go, ha, la, la, la. Just, just read what it says. We never knew one another. Not we had a relationship and then it went away. Get what I'm saying? Do you? Okay. It's, I actually never knew you. You thought you knew me because of all the stuff you did. If you knew me, it would be the love inside of you between the two of us. And so, and by the way, 
Notice in that passage, because some people use that passage to justify losing your salvation. But notice what does not happen. Lord, didn't we do all this stuff to cast out demons and fast and other churchy stuff? And Depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah, you did. They don't argue. Notice that? They did not go, but what about that one time when I really felt you when they were singing, crown him, crown him, and I, and I felt your love. They don't say that, do they? They didn't have that experience. But what about the fruit of the Spirit really grew in me, Amy? I got better, right? And they don't say that. They say, here's my resume. This is what qualifies me for heaven. And he goes, oh, no, I'm what qualifies you for my house. And we don't know each other. So don't let anyone use that scripture to beat you up or think you're disqualified. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's a whole other ballpark of people who never knew him. And John says, that's simple. If they don't have love and they're not growing in love, there you go. Or as Jeff Fox really would say, there's your sign. <laughs> Come on, lighten up. That's heavy and hard. Does God really want what's best for us? For us, um, I was gonna, yeah, okay. So I looked into this. I said, um, "Best for us." And what is love? What's best? Doesn't love have the highest concern and regard for its affection? Come on, let's just trace it down, right? Isn't love having the highest concern or regard for the object you love? Like I can tell you, I love Alex and Izzy because I would lay down my life for them. I have the highest concern and regard for them. So isn't love by its very nature seeking the best for the object of its affection, right? If God is love, does he truly want what's best for me? Does he have the highest concern or regard for you? Now, when you start thinking about the best, you got to do this. You got to look at the whole picture. You are a snapshot and you will live through eternity. If you think that you're done... When you die, I need you to go back and reread the, the book because life continues on after you die. There are things to do. There are amazing things to see, and you will continue to grow in heaven. If you don't believe me, and that's fine, please don't believe me. Open up Revelation right around the center and look what it looks like when we think like, oh, and run the race and finish line. Now I'm just like Jesus. Whoa, what? No, you're not. No, you will continue to grow and be changed. And Do you get what I'm trying to say? What do you think heaven is? Just one nonstop worship concert? <laughs> to me, that doesn't sound like heaven at all because I don't really enjoy it that much. Glory, glory. What is this, 10,000 years? Oh, my legs are stiff. This is crazy. Ugh, that guy cannot sing. You got a new body and you still can't sing? And why are you standing next to me? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's for me. <laughs> No, we're going to continue to learn and have responsibilities. He says, you've been faithful over little, you'll be unfaithful over, you'll be in charge of much. When? In the life beyond. Get it? Ooh, y'all didn't think about that, did you? You're going to continue to grow. Does God want what's best for you? So much so that you're looking at your life like here, that job you've had for three years. God sees you before you were formed and he sees you on through eternity. And he's concerned with this, not just this. Does God want what's best for me? So much so that he's good in the long run and good in the short run. And he'll never let you shortchange yourself and half give a blessing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, she remembers that one. We got a picture of that one. You may want it and want it now, but if it's not what's best for you, sometimes he'll withhold it. And the first thing we do is start complaining and whining when that's what's best for us. Sometimes we get in a storm and we realize the storm is terrible and it's awful 
and, and, and it really hurts. And why won't you deliver me out of it like you have before? Why can't I feel you like I did before? And God says this uh, somewhere in the Bible. As you're being tested and as you persevere, it ble- breeds perseverance and patience, resilience. We live in a society where no one wants to build endurance muscles anymore. We all just want the beach muscles. You get what I'm saying? And do you know what endurance comes from? Long-suffering. Oh, that ain't popular. That's not popular. Okay. He sees the big picture. If he plucks you out of it now, he's going to rob you of your eternal self. Do you get it? That's hard. That's hard stuff. Does God want what's best for us? So much so that he'll withhold something in the now to give us a, a, a permanent blessing. Let's look at Romans really quick, and then let's shut it down. There's our promise. There's our promise. How many things? A few things? Not the job, not money, not family, not what? All things. And it doesn't feel like it, but nobody said it's going to feel like it. That's not what that says. I'm sitting in the tree stand. I'm having these thoughts. Does God really want what's best for me and my family and my kids? And the fact of the matter is this. God works for the good. For, yeah, God work, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Nobody says love him perfectly. You, you know that in the Bible, there's only two ways to relate to God. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the verbiage seems to go like this. Lovers of God and God haters. Do you understand that? God hate people who hate God. God doesn't say like the ones who are casually in. Okay, no, no, no. He says those who are my family and those who are not my family. You get it? Don't use that lukewarm passage in Revelation wrong, by the way. Okay, fine, I'll clear that up, no problem. You know how they say hot or cold, lukewarm? We twisted that saying. The city he's talking to had pipelines, intricate pipelines, where this one came from a hot spring and this one came from the cold. Hot spring was good for killing bacteria, cooking and doing other stuff. Cold was good for bathing and water, okay? Both of them had a purpose and were good. Lukewarm had no purpose. So don't project our society of lukewarm. I'm kind of in. Do you think God really said, I'd rather you be kind of in with me than reject me? (sighs) I'm glad he gives me the boldness to do this. Some of you have a wrong thinking of that. So open up a history book. See the church he's talking to in the first chapter of Revelation. Cold had a purpose. Hot had a purpose. And cold had a purpose. You're lukewarm. I'm going to spew you out of my my mouth. You're You're not fulfilling your purpose. You're not where you need to be. You're not in. Get it? Speaks of the ins and the outs, the ones who love God and hate. So no, God's not saying, I'd rather your kid fully rejects me than half-ass it. Sorry, you want to use colloquialisms. That is not what he's saying. That doesn't go with anything else in the Bible. That's why you can't take one verse and go, oh, I understand. That's nowhere in the Bible, is it? Fully devoted followers of Christ is what he wants. And then you're either cold and can be used in this way or hot and can be used in this way. Or I'm a hand, I'm a foot, I'm an eye, I'm an ear. Can the ear say to the uh, Get it? So don't let that lukewarm thing, that, 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 I think the enemy uses that. I'd rather you were half in and meh, not devoted than, no, no. He was talking about something very obvious at the time. That's it. Okay. Last thing I'm going to say is this. People say the excuse they use for this is not me, that I'm not in. This can't be for me because maybe I never got saved. I, I'm not even going to, some people say yeah that's the lie if the enemy's in your head and says that you're not saved 
listen online. That's just like saying in marriage counseling, I married the wrong person. If you believe that lie, then you will nullify years of good times. You will nullify all the, 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 the positive things that show you God wants you to honor your covenant. You take the basement wall and rip it right out. You'll say the foundation's gone. I married the wrong person. And I'm not speaking into your situation, okay? I'm nobody's condemning anybody. And the same thing too. If, God, if, if, if Does God really want what's best for me? The enemy will say, well, you're not saved. Right? You used to feel God's love you don't anymore. You're not saved. So that's why this whole thing where you can be in and out is, uh, is really harsh. Let me do one more slide and then we're out of here. John slide, please. To those who believed in his name, to those who received and believed his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. We, we, we're losing the idea of what, what are rights and what are privileges. Do you know nowadays if you build a porch or re-put up steps in certain uh, places, you have to get a permit. My buddy Chris did that in Messina. He just replaced four steps that were crumbling and he needed a building permit. You know what that means? Be careful, U.S. citizens. It means you no longer have a right to that. It's a privilege. Do you understand that? Anything you need a license for is not a right anymore. It's a privilege. <laughs> Be careful, y'all. Watch it, watch it dwindling around you. I'm not trying to get political, but it's true. If you need a permit or you need permission to do something, it's not a right. It's a privilege. Those who, those who receive him come into my life, Lord Jesus. Those who believe in his name, you did what you said you did, and you'll do whatever you say you do. He gives them the right, not permission. Get it? There is no little card you get. I've given you permission. This equals that. It is your right to become children of God. So if you have ever at any time received the Lord Jesus, even in a it's limited way you knew. I know, I know y'all are tired. Let me just do this real quick. When I was 17, someone said, do you want to receive Jesus Christ? Can I tell you the truth? I didn't know who he was. I didn't. But I received him and everything changed in that moment. How can that be? How can that be? I didn't even have full understanding of who he was, guys. That came later in life. But I swear to you, everything changed in that moment for me. And it was actually supernatural stuff that happened in the moment that I didn't understand scared the crap out of me. I received him with what I could understand. And that goes in the Bible with people who say, well, what, if, what about so-and-so in Africa who never hears of Jesus? Are they saved? Did they receive what they could receive of him? Did they receive how that pine tree points to the heavens? Did they receive how the, the sky is kind of like an ocean that goes left to right and it's beautiful and creation is God's first, first witness. Did they receive what they could receive? Well, then don't let the enemy say that you're out because Jesus just said you're in. It's your right, not your privilege. Cool, huh? Tree stand thoughts, guys. Tree stand thoughts. We're going to sing a song called Reckless Love. We've overplayed it for a couple months. I don't care because here's the thing. It's about grace and it's about love for us. So AJ's sitting in the tree stand thinking about week old AJ going, can that really be true? By the time it got dark, not too dark, because I don't like getting out in the dark because it's spooky. <laughs> I'm 38 and it's spooky. Uh, by the time I got out of my tree stand, I realized this. You know what? He, he just might be that good. He just might be for me, even if it doesn't look it. Can we get that in our, in our spirits this week? Cool. Let's worship and then let's uh, bless the community. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. 
Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. love of God oh it chases me down fights till I'm found leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it and I don't deserve it but still you give yourself away oh the overwhelming never ending reckless love of God Father, we lift ourselves to you today. We bring ourselves to you to feel your love, Lord God, to cast through the lies that other people have told us so that we've listened to ourselves. We know that you want good for us, Father God. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. Oh, yes, you have, Father. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. couldn't earn it and I don't deserve it still you give yourself away oh the overwhelming never ending reckless love of God yeah 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 Me. 
There's no hell you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. love of God Oh, it chases me down Fights till I'm found Leaves the ninety-nine I couldn't earn it And I don't deserve it But still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless seems as though you moved every obstacle between yourself and me in the past. Even when I didn't want to cooperate or wasn't so interested, it seemed like you moved everything between the two of us away and I could hear your voice. Father, when I've been so surrounded with shame and the guilt of the things I've done, Father God, there you were waiting for me to push through it and reach out and receive you. Thank you that you've never stopped calling for me that you've never left me alone, that you've never left me without hope. We thank you for that, Father. Help us to be so filled up with your love that it spills over to those we love in our lives. We love you, Father. We thank you for all you've done. Tear down the lies that we've been holding on to, that we can fully experience your love and your power that comes with that. We thank you, Father. We love you and worship you in the name of Jesus. We live, love, and worship, and we say amen. All right, let's get busy.